I am Tino. Hi, I'm Danielle. And this is What the Heck Did Danielle Just Watch? Uh, this week we watched The Wonderful Ice Cream Suit uh, by Stuart Gordon. Um, it's a movie Danielle had never seen, and I actually made her watch it after commenting on... <laughs> I guess she was watching The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, and she was explaining the premise to me, and so I said it's like The Wonderful Ice Cream Suit, and she said... I never saw that movie, so we watched it. Um, is it like I've never really watched Sisterhood of Traveling, Sisterhood of the Traveling, Pants. how do you say that movie? Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. <laughs> I don't know why that was so hard for me to say, um, <laughs> but is it like that kind of? A little. It's a little like it in the okay. So yeah. the premise of the movie is, uh, was it Five Guys? I think. Yes. Five guys get together. Uh, they're all like the same height and build and they all go in on a ice cream, well, they call it an ice cream colored suit. It's really just like a shiny white suit. Um, and they all wear it for one hour on the same night. Um, and they go on adventures. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it kind of starts off. I wanted to ask you, like, at the start, because the credits remind... It's very 90s. This movie is super 90s. Um, I wanted to ask you about the credits. Did the credits remind you that, like, sand art? Oh, uh, chalk. The chalk art? Mm-hmm. But do you remember sand art? Oh, yeah. From the 90s? Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, chalk art. So, the movie is also very, like, Chicano. It's set in East L.A., um, specifically more like Boyle Heights because basically one of them has an apartment right, right next to Mariachi Plaza. Um, and it's a place we actually just went recently. And so we kept like, you know, it was kind of cool to be like, oh, hey, I've been there. Um, what, just like, what did you think of the movie in general, Danielle? Um, it was fun. Like, at, you know, had to really get used to it, you know, going into it, but... Yeah, it did remind me of the Sisterhood of Traveling Pants, but it's all guys, not all girls. And it's all dudes. And they only have the suit for an hour. Sisterhood of Traveling Pants, they actually travel. Okay, well, first. In different countries. So they have more than an hour. Okay, well, they have more than an hour, but like, that's just for the first night. They decided on one hour each. Because they're each going to wear it like a different night of the week. So it's not just one hour, okay? <laughs> um, what did you... So did you... It's set in East LA, which is... Um, I said that already. But there's this the scene in the beginning where the kid's getting chased. Uh, who was it? Martinez is getting chased. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Um, I thought he was going to get, like, tied up or something. Like, get stolen. Yeah, but then again. it was just Gomez measuring him for the suit. Yeah, it was really creepy. <laughs> it was super creepy. Did you know that Stuart Gordon is actually, uh, he's probably, the only reason I really knew who he was, and I had no idea it was something that he, i seen this movie a long, long time ago, like when I was a kid. I didn't realize till later, Stuart Gordon has actually uh, directed a ton of like B-horror films. So for him to do something that's like, it looked scary, that made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Because that's more of his genre, is like horror films. And that's why you like him, don't you? No, I just randomly knew that. Like, <laughs> um, so it wasn't that weird. For, uh, <laughs> did you notice that everybody in this movie is Mexican, but Joe Montagna? 
He also um, plays. He was totally doing his Fat Tony voice from uh, The Simpsons. Oh, he's not. He's not Mexican. He's, he's not Italian. Mexican? He's Italian American. Okay, that makes. But more literally, sense. everybody else, main characters in the movie, are actually Mexican in real life. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. In case you guys didn't know, East LA and uh, Boyle Heights and all that—it's very like Chicano, Mexican American. Uh, I mean, LA kind of just is in general, but. Um, did you think that their accents were kind of weird? Yeah. I thought the accents were weird. They're because... all different. Well, that that they were all different. I just thought it was kind of funny that they had like accents because. Just because they're Mexican, they don't have to have accents. I think the only one that really talked normal was, like, um, Babanos. Don't we all have accents, though? We do, but I feel like the one that really made sense to me was Villanazul because he said he was from Mexico originally. But the other ones were from, like, Boyle Heights area, so they would have more, like, a L.A., California accent. Okay, that makes sense. Did you like Edward James almost character, Babanos? That surprised me. Did you? I like that you didn't realize it was him until. No, I thought it was gonna be. Actually, the guy that was actually in the movie, he was speaking in the city. Oh, um, gosh, what's his name? He was on Ugly Betty, wasn't he? Yes. I think his name's Tony Plaza. If I'm remembering correctly. I thought that was him. Oh, and he was also on um, Jane the Virgin as the priest at the grandma. No, no, that was someone. Was he on Jane the Virgin, though? I think so. We're getting off topic. <laughs> it's our podcast. We can. It, he was in One Day at a Time. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, we're, it's our podcast. We can do what we want. Um, oh. Our dogs hear somebody outside. Sorry. Um, Air alarm system. Uh oh. Oh, okay. Oh, oh! I thought they were done. <laughs> okay, we had to wait for the dogs to stop barking. Um, shoot, Russ, I was, was going to ask you something and they made me lose my train of thought. Um, oh, I was going to say that I like, I like that this movie kind of has, um, elements well not elements but has um what's it called it's Pedro Molivar does a lot in his movie. it's like magical realism which is like a realistic view of the modern world but dealt with like but with like imprints of like mad magical elements kind of so like when um the first guy who wears the suit like they all put on the suit for an hour at a time and like I said, they go on adventures basically <laughs> in uh, East LA. Um, so like Dominguez, he's a guitar player. He's like a young guy, and he puts on the suit. He's the first one to put on the suit, and he goes into uh, his. I think it's called like the Boyle Heights Hotel, and he just starts playing guitar in the middle of um, the apartment complex, and like <laughs> like women immediately come out of their uh, apartments, and they're like fawning over him. And, um, they're fawning over him, and, uh, he's just, like, walking up and down the halls, and they're coming out of their apartments, and they start falling around, and he, go he like, walks out to the street, and then there's a parade, and you kind of think it's, like, a dream sequence at first, until you see, like, the other guys, um, who are in on, who went in on the suit, looking out the window of, uh, whose apartment is it? Gomez's apartment. 
and they see him outside and he's like has like a parade of like people behind him and there's mariachis and people are dancing and some old lady runs up to him and starts dancing and then um they start like waving at him and like you know they say it's like you know uh it's a parade basically and then he comes back into the um to the apartment and he's just like awestruck at what just happened and um you know says who's next and so that's kind of how the night goes where one by one they each put on the suit and something amazing happens to them what did you um think of that whole like premise basically um like each of them yeah each of them doing like do you want to like go do you want to talk about their adventures one by one and then like i'll you'll just tell me what your opinion of each adventure was so what did you think of that adventure the first one yeah the first one with the guitar well i wasn't surprised it was the actor that was playing that part. Oh, Isai Morales. Mm-hmm. He is uh, also played Bob in La Bamba. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I don't know, it reminded me of The Mask. It kind of does remind me of The Mask. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think... Of, yeah, I didn't think of that until you just mentioned that. But it is kind of like The Mask when uh, the Cuban Pete... When he just sings Cuban Pete, that is kind of... That's actually exactly <laughs> like that. <laughs> there was one... There was a couple ladies that were getting out of their chair. They were getting their hair done. I'm like, I want to have time for that. I want to go and get my hair done. You want to finish your hair before you like, start walking after some dude? He's just like... Not worth it. Don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he seemed like a cool dude. Yeah, he was actually very nice. Mm-hmm. Played, yeah, he was... He's a nice character this time. <laughs> you liked him better than when he played Bob? Yes. I mean, Bob was an actual person, though. Right. So, I mean... Anyway. Uh, the next was... Mbien Azul. He was kind of... Um, I was kind of like... I don't understand what Mbien Azul's deal is. Like, is it... He's a... Is it... About motivational speaker? Yeah, is he like a motivational speaker? Is he a poet? Is he a politician? Yeah, I wasn't sure. Um, so his deal is is that when he puts on the suit... So, Mbiyan Asurul's adventure is that he puts on the suit... And he goes to... Uh, well, he goes for like a walk and he finds himself on the bridge between the LA River. Or over, that goes over the LA River. And he hears somebody talking, and it's um, it's a politician talking about how he was, you know, raised in the barrio and he'll die in the barrio, and how there's really like two LAs. There's the you know the big city, and then there's the you know, Los Angeles del Este, and um, which is East LA in Spanish. But um, and being Azul, uh, like he walks into like the crowd of people, and everybody sees the suit because it's implied the suit has some sort of magical element to it um and they just like let him like get to the front and then the dude who is speaking immediately stops speaking and um lets bien azul stand on the soapbox that he's a literal soapbox that he's uh been speaking on and bien azul starts to give it's a speech but it's also like a a poem about crossing the river and it's about crossing the river of your mind and like what we're going to do when we get there and all these other things and um you know he finishes his speech and then people throw confetti 
um, and he's just you know has an amazing time, and he comes back, you know, to the apartment, you know, um, keep saying you know, <laughs> he comes back to the apartment covered in confetti, and uh, you know, then he says who's next. That's kind of like the thing. Every time they come back, they say who's next. Um, what did you think of uh, Mia Nasul's adventure? I was kind of confused at first. I yeah. thought he was hearing, like, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't think it was, like, somebody else talking. I thought it was, like, the the uh, river that was talking to him. The river talking to him. Yeah, I, I, was, I hadn't seen this movie in a very long time. I saw, like I said, I saw it when I was a kid. I just kind of remember it. Um, but I, I thought it was, like... Cause, I guess I don't really get his deal. I think his whole deal is that he's like a poet, but he's also like a speaker. And so he's in the suit, and he's like wondering, like, and he's saying like he doesn't have any words, and he's hearing this talking. I thought it was like the words that he wanted to say, like coming to him, and it was like echoing before he could say them. You know, he was they were like, you know, he was thinking about the words he wanted to say. Oh yeah. That's what I thought at first, and then I realized no, it's. Tony Plaza giving a speech about being from the barrio. Um, I guess it was okay. His was pretty short. Yeah. His his was a pretty short little deal. This movie's actually really short. I like it. And I mean, they, yeah, you know, I forgive it's like weird spots or whatever. But I really like it. And it's only like an hour and 15 minutes. So if you got nothing to do on a random day, hour, it's, you know, it's only an hour and 15 minutes, you can probably watch it. You know, there's Game of Thrones episodes that are longer than that. <laughs> so after uh Azul, it's Martinez's turn. Um Martinez's deal is so weird to me because he is the first, he's the one who's getting chased in the beginning and um Gomez starts measuring him and really Gomez is I'm for kind of jumping around, but Gomez is just looking for another body to help him buy this suit because they don't have enough money to buy it like together, so they need to go, you know, need to find somebody else. Or need to find a couple more bodies to kind of, you know, who are like same height and build and they can go on in the suit. Um, it's implied that Martinez is getting evicted. Well, he is getting evicted. The guy, his dude takes his key before he gets chased. Um, but he just goes along with this whole thing with no explanation at all. He's just like, oh, you guys want to buy a suit? Cool. It's my last $20. I guess I'll go in on this suit. Well, I mean, Gomez does promise that he can come live with him, but it's just that his whole deal is just that he just like blindly goes along with this whole thing the entire time. Just like, yeah, sure, this is what's happening now. I guess I'll go with it. He's um, lonely. He it's implied that he's very lonely. That he's you know he actually does say it at towards the end of the movie that he was lonely and like had no friends, um, which Bamanos is kind of like, but we'll get to that later. Um, so. Martinez's whole adventure is that he, it, it showed earlier when, when he was in his apartment that he got evicted from, his neighbor, he kept kind of like staring at her and was like wishing that he could talk to her or look at her. And basically the suit kind of gives him the confidence to go talk to her. And so he's standing outside her, um, uh, her house and it's kind of like a Romeo and Juliet type thing. Um, she comes out and she can't see him. And he's like, why can't she see me? You know, I'm in this like awesome suit. Why, you know, I wish she could see me. I want to talk to her and all these other things. And he was like, even, you know, blind people can see the suit. How come she can't see me? And he's still feeling like, 
you know, he doesn't have the confidence to just say, hey, look at me, you know, he just wants, like, you know, her to see him, and then she goes back inside and comes back out with the thickest glasses, um, because apparently she really is just that blind, um, and they, she sees him, and, you know, they have, like, a nice little conversation, and they, it's, I feel like it's implied that she knew who he was before, but just never talked to him. Because they were neighbors, so I'm assuming that she probably saw him around or something, you know, if she had her big old glasses on. Um, <laughs> and so they kind of give each other, you know, their names, and then what does he say? He's like, do you want to go on a date? Um, and he has to, like, count it out. I think he said, like, six days from then, which is when he would have the suit again. Um, and she agrees, and her he gets her name, which is Celia Obregón. And Martinez is the first person in this movie. We actually get their first name, which is uh, Jose. So, um, and I think Jose Martinez is the only person that actually gets a first name in this movie. I don't think anybody else gets a first name. They all just go by their last names. Mm-hmm. Do you do you remember any of them getting it? No. No. I don't remember any of them getting a first name. So, Jose goes back to the uh, apartment, meets up with everybody, um... And he's just, like, over the moon, spouting off poetry about how great the night is and how beautiful Celia is. And uh, finally, it's Gomez's turn. Now, it's earlier, B and Asul mentioned some things that uh, Gomez had did that were pretty shady to other people in the neighborhood. And that um, Gomez, like, swears he's changed his ways. Um, and B and Asul says, you know, how do we know? Earlier, when they first seen our pool and the money together, says, how do we know we're not going to... Um, you're not going to run off to El Paso and, uh, you know, with the suit and basically leave us out all out like a hundred bucks each or a or hundred bucks altogether. So it's like 20 bucks each, whatever. They're all very poor. It's mentioned that too, that they, like none of them have any money. Um, and he swears that that's not what he's going to do. So, um, it's Gomez's turn and he immediately pulls out his bus ticket to El Paso <laughs> and, um, before uh, he walks out of the apartment, you know, they don't see the bus ticket. He just kind of, like, has it in his hand. Um, they all say, you know, go with God. And um, he starts to walk out, and he starts walking towards the bus station. And he's feeling super guilty about it. Um, he's, you know, having, just echoing in his head, they all said, go with God. And he's thinking about, you know, everybody that he's met throughout that night and how he kind of actually, you know, starting to feel kind of close to them. And they've been having, you know, just like a crazy ride on this night and they've all become friends and he's feeling really guilty about betraying their trust. And so um, it shows him get on the bus and then it uh, cuts back to the apartment where Bien Azul, the one, I guess, who kind of knows Gomez is... You know, succumbing to the fact that he pretty much is sure that Gomez ran off um, with the suit. And then uh, there's a knock on the door and it's Gomez. And he has the ticket in his hand and he's saying, hey, does somebody want to turn this in? Um, You know, maybe we can get a a hat with the money that, you know, on the return of this money. Um, And he basically, he says, you know, who's next? Um, What do you think of that, that scene with Gomez? Um, I thought he was going to go to El Paso. 
You thought he was going to go to El Paso? <laughs> what did you say? I like don't that? know. That's okay. I said it with an accent earlier. Yep. <laughs> it was kind of cool that, you know, when he was walking that the murals were talking to him. I was thinking of that too. I don't know how much of this is actually shot in um, LA or East LA, but I think they really, um, you know, nailed it with the murals. There's a lot of murals in um, East LA and in Boyle Heights and Mariachi Plaza and all of that area. And uh, I think they really nailed it with the art. If it was, I don't, I don't know how much of it was actually filmed there, because some of it did look like a set. Um, but it, yeah, it looks, it looked pretty, you know, convincing. It looked really, it really did look like uh, Boyle Heights. Um, so next is uh, Mamanos. Now Mamanos is. I guess he's homeless. He's a homeless dude. He's just like long hair, ratty looking. His, you know, dirt, which is like all black on his face. It looks like he's like got um, like charcoal on his face because he's just so dirty. Um, you know, it's his turn next. And before that, none of them would even let him touch the suit like throughout the entire movie um, because it's a nice white suit and he is filthy. So they decide that they're going to give Bamanos a bath, and he is not for it at all. Uh, he's fighting against them. He doesn't want to get in the bath. Um, you know, they ask him when's the last time he had a bath. I don't, remember, I don't remember what year this movie came out, but it was in the 90s, and he says it was 1991, and he goes, no, wait, 89. And they, you know, it shows them uh, giving him a bath. And it's, this scene, again, is almost shot like a horror scene. Where they're all like kind of like coming around him with like you know it's like they're attacking him basically and then there's like the shadows that look like they're like almost like killing him or something but then it's obviously like them like scrubbing him and uh cutting his hair and giving him a shave and all that and then after that you know uh danielle recognized that it was edward james Olmos. <laughs> danielle didn't realize it was him the entire time no nope. <laughs> um, really yeah that's like i <laughs> kind of back not backtracking but but um, I did. I asked you in the middle of the movie if you knew who that was, and you said no, and so I didn't want to say who it was, so I could. I wanted to get your reaction for when they actually cleaned him up, <laughs> and you were like, "Oh, that's who that is." <laughs> you were so shocked that it was him. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so because they know, uh, Mamanos is kind of a. Um. He's 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 messy. <laughs> he's got they try to give him some rules so one of the rules is uh, the first rule is no falling no falling in the suit uh, no leaning up against buildings in the suit no juicy tacos specifically no juicy tacos he asks about tacos and this is no juicy tacos uh, no drinking and uh, smoking. no smoking <laughs> um and no going to the Red Rooster Cafe where Ruby Escadrillo hangs out and she has a really mean boyfriend. And they know Bamanos is the first thing he's going to do is try to pick up Ruby Escadrillo. Um, I don't know why they would know that about him, but they knew it. And so the first thing Bamanos does is run right out in the trap. They're watching him from the window and they're like screaming like, please be careful like as he's running out the window. So the first thing he does is immediately break all of the rules, um, except for falling. He doesn't fall yet, but he immediately like bums a smoke off a of mariachi who's hanging on mariachi plaza. He runs off, and they uh, 
they go to find him because they can't see him anymore. And they said he was go. Oh no, they did. They saw him go down First Street. And um, Martina says, "Isn't that where the Red Rooster Cafe is?" And so they immediately run to the Red Rooster Cafe. Um, and sure enough, there's Mamanos. He's in there. He's got a glass full of wine. He's dancing. He's smoking. You know, he's uh, just having a good time. And then Ruby Escadrillo comes out. He starts dancing with her. And she kisses him. And, of course, her boyfriend, who they all warned him about, whose, I guess, name was El Toro, uh, sees them. And he grabs the suit. And he goes uh, to punch Mamanos. But they all kind of jump in the way, and especially Gomez tells them, don't hit him, hit me. So they all kind of, like, sacrifice their bodies uh, to save the suit. <laughs> Not even really Bamanos, it's the suit. They're more worried about the suit. Um, so Gomez gets hit twice in the face, which he probably deserved. And the rest of them, uh, you know, try to pull Toro off um, Bamanos. And then Villanazul hits Toro in the head with a chair knocks him out and they all run out the bar and they um you know they think they get away um afterwards uh they're in the street and um Bamanos sees somebody he knows named uh Ramona she tells him like hey man you look good in that suit and he's <laughs> so he goes to run uh he goes to run over there and they're like what are you doing and he's like what I got five minutes left in the suit and they're like yelling I'm like really you got five minutes left after everything you just did you broke all the rules and you're gonna tell me you only got that you got five minutes left and they're like what are you gonna do in five minutes he goes well watch me and he goes to run after Ramona and as he does um Toro's car pulls up and Toro's car looks like a bull <laughs> it's got it's like a low rider it's a red low rider it's got the bull horns in the front he uh, I don't, I don't know if he hits a gas or something, but it like has like it has like the like the snout like the smoke come out the snout. It, his car does that. He um, looks like a bull too. He looks like a bull, and his name's El Toro. Um, and so he starts chasing Mamanos, and Mamanos kind of gets away. And I think Ramona just like she sees him like you know um, kind of get away for a second, and she says like Ole, which apparently clicks in Mamanos' head that oh shoot, I could do like a matador thing right now. So he takes off his jacket and starts acting like a matador with um, Toro. And, um, you know, he uh, he's, looks like he's doing pretty good for a second. You know, he gets he does the whole, like, you know, uh, swooping the thing and, you know, missing uh, missing getting hit by the car. And then uh, Toro looks like he's leaving. And they're like, oh, cool, whatever. And he starts, Bamanos, uh, you know, is all full of himself, you know, acting all um, big-headed. I was going to say Chiflao because that's, you know, it's a Chicano movie. So that's what he's doing. He's acting all Chiflao. And uh, walking, <laughs> uh, walking back to his friends. And uh, here comes Toro's car again. And he uh, just almost hits him. And, you know, Ramona yells, jump. And they all actually yell, jump. And uh, he does. He jumps on the hood of the car and, like, it does, like, the weirdest flip off the car. I don't. I don't really understand what he did, but he flipped off the car. Like not the not. Suit? It was the suit. It was the magic of the suit. Not like flipped off the car, like flipping the bird. Like he like flipped off of the car. Like did an actual flip off the car into like a pile of garbage, and they all think he's dead. And um, before I go any further, what do you think of that whole scene? It was funny. Like he, the character did 
really good at playing that part. Yeah. And just... Yeah, it was crazy, but... Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy, but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um... It was funny that they were all trying to protect the suit. Yeah. And how they protected it in different ways. <laughs> By Gomez literally taking the hit twice in the face. Yeah. What did you think of uh, Ruby Escadrillo? She's scary looking. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's a very uh, loud, um, corpulent lady. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It was just she's just big and loud. It's funny. Um, <laughs> I think Mamanos had like the best adventure out of all of them. I think his yeah. his was definitely the funniest. It um, was. I agree. Especially with like he's eating the juicy taco <laughs> in uh in the bar and like he's like dancing with it and like hits Martinez in the face. Yeah. I thought that oh, that was really funny. And um his <laughs> his matador scene was really fun. I think he's the funniest part of the whole movie. He's like existed to ruin like all these like nice moments they had. Bamanos would like show up and ruin it. <laughs> um so they think Bamanos is dead. They run over there and they hear him talking, and um, they uh, he's like you know he thinks his leg is broken or whatever, and they hear an ambulance um coming. Well, actually, first before that, they all like they check. Bamanos tells him to check the suit like all over the suit to make sure that it's okay because he kind of he kind of feels bad that you know he broke all the rules. Like he just you know he really looks at them as friends, but he really just wanted to have a good time as well. But he feels bad. Um, and so they check all the parts of the suit, and you know the suit seems to be okay, but his legs hurt. Uh, and then they hear an ambulance, so somebody must have called an ambulance. And he goes, "Hurry, change my clothes." And they said, "Why?" And he goes, "Because like, don't you watch the movies? They're gonna come and they're gonna cut the pant leg, you know, to check my leg. You know, they're gonna cut the suit." And so immediately they start stripping him down, <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, changing the clothes with um, Martinez. They switch pants with Martinez, and he takes off the jacket and all that. And uh, he gets, you know, they put the pants on him, and he's, uh, I guess his, uh, he got kind of pinched when they zipped up the fly there. And then, <laughs> and then they put him in the um, the ambulance, and he kind of asks, uh, you know, he's, he's he says he's sorry, and he wants to know that if he, you know, after he gets out of the hospital, basically if they're still friends, you know, after this. And he promises, you know, um, you know, I'll stop smoking, I'll stop drinking, I'll stop chasing women, all this other stuff. And uh, Martinez puts his hand on the sh- his shoulder and says, um, you know, don't, you don't have to promise anything. And um, who says it? I think it's first it says, Bienasul is like, I'll go to the hospital with you. And then um, Dominguez says he will too. And then Gomez says he will. And then... Uh, you know they all get ride in the ambulance except for Martinez who is told to go home with the suit and you know um, hang it up because they also got the dummy from with the suit um, way earlier when they bought the suit the guy <laughs> threw in the dummy because he was like hey whatever you guys are all going on a suit I'll throw in this dummy too why not, why not? Um, so it shows them at the end of the night at 2 o'clock in the morning and um, they're all on Gomez's roof for, I don't know why they're on the roof instead of sleeping in the apartment building. I mean, he says it's hot, so maybe that's why they're sleeping on the roof. I don't oh. know. 
I thought he got evicted too because like all his stuff was up there, but he says it's hot and so they're just <laughs> chilling on the roof and it's LA, so I mean, I guess he can. Yeah. Um, and so they are, uh, you know, they're all gonna go sleep on this roof together. Um, just camped out on the roof basically, and the suit's in the middle of all of them, and Martinez is reflecting upon the night. Um, just, you know, talking about what happened and how he says he feels like, you know, when he's wearing the suit, he feels like he's all those guys, you know, Dominguez, Gomez, um, Mamanos, and being Nasul, you know, all rolled into one. And, you know, he has, you know, a lot more confidence when he wears the suit. And that, you know, earlier he said, at seven o'clock, I had no friends, but now here at two o'clock in the morning, I have, you know, lots of friends. And he, he sits down and he, it hits he has this like random question you know he says if we ever get rich will it be different you know we'll all have our own suits you know do you think it'll be different after that and uh you know or gomez says probably he goes it will be different after that and they all you know kind of i feel like he was kind of trying to say like you know um enjoy the moment while we have it mm, yeah kind of thing what did you think of that yeah, at first I was kind of wasn't sure what he meant, but that's yeah. that's what I got from what he said. Also, I think he just wanted to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and Martinez wouldn't shut up. <laughs> yeah, he asked him, when are you going to sleep? <laughs> yeah, he asked him, when are you going to go to sleep? Um, but I think that's kind of um, I think after you know thinking kind of walk, walking it through, I think the message of the movie is really just enjoy the moment while you're in it. Yeah. Enjoy the people that you're with. Um, which I think is a good message for the movie. Um, yeah, now that you say that, it makes sense. Well, I didn't think about it until just now when I was thinking <laughs> about you know what he had said. Uh, um, you know, it, it you know enjoy the people like you know like Vamanos earlier. He just wanted you know friends throughout the entire movie. It's like shown like he just wants to be friends with these people and they're just kind of like shoo him away. Um, and so I guess. So were they, was he, like, saying, like, they're going to get rich off this suit? No, I don't think he was saying, like, he was just saying, like, if we ever get rich. Oh, okay. You know, because now they all have each other, you know, and they were kind of individuals and kind of by themselves, and now they all have each other, and he was worried that, you know, if we ever, if any of us ever get rich, will it be different after that? And he, you know, Gomez says, yeah, it'll be different after that. And then the movie ends. Um... But yeah, that is the wonderful ice cream suit. Did you like it, Danielle? Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. I like the music. Do you like it better than Sisterhood of Traveling Pants? Ooh. <laughs> no, Sisterhood of Traveling Pants is my movie. Maybe you should watch it. Oh, yeah. With oh, <laughs> you know what? I'm just backtracking. Uh, during Gomez's scene, I wrote this down too, because the music that's playing... When he's like walking towards uh, the bus station is Paloma Negra, which is a song about somebody who's like running around and running off. It's not, it's not actually, nobody's singing it. It's like the music in the background and that's, it's an instrumental version of it. And I was like, that was really clever. Whoever uh, decided to do that. So yeah, the music in this movie is actually really good. I think there's even a, a um, there's a lot of really good mariachi music. Uh, there's, I think it's a Leela Downs version of, uh, Kurukuku Paloma, isn't it? Um, during the scene with, uh, Martinez and Celia. But, yeah. 
It's a great movie. You guys should check it out sometime. Like I said, it's only an hour and 15 minutes, so you could definitely have time to check it out at some point uh, in your life. Yeah, I thought it was going to be actually trippy or something because I'm like, an ice cream suit? <laughs> yeah, a colorful suit. I wasn't thinking of a, a white, white suit. okay cool any last thoughts no all right thanks for listening guys uh once again we're on spotify anchor oh well anchor is what we do through uh spotify itunes um basically anywhere you listen to your podcasts we are there um thanks for listening thank you Wait, wait, wait. You forgot to ask three questions that you usually ask. Okay, well, I'm going to try to ask you them <laughs> over the dog because she is, uh, will not stop barking. But what was the most ridiculous thing in this movie, you think? Most ridiculous, I would think, was... Let's see here. Um, just the car scene when he was, uh... He was acting like a bullfighter? Yeah, he was acting like the bullfighter. I did not expect that at all. So that's... <laughs> it was pretty cool, but... It's the most ridiculous thing in the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who do you think could play... Try to think. Just pick a specific person. Who do you think could play Bamanos? In a remake. In a remake. Um, I have an idea if we could do it, and it's not Idris Elba like I usually say. Um. Yeah, he has to be a Mexican actor, right? Mm-hmm. Has to be a Mexican actor. Um. Ooh, I got two people I think could do it. <laughs> um. Like Cheech and Chon. <laughs> oh, it's like Cheech. You think Cheech could do it? Yeah. Um, I could see Cheech doing it. I think. Honestly, I'm trying to I, think who like like. Now that I think about it, I think. Um, or Antonio Banderas. He's a really good actor. <laughs> I think Danny Trejo could do it. Oh yeah, I was. You know what? I was thinking that. He's first. been in some funnier roles. I think he could do it. Yeah, you know what. To be honest, I kind of thought he was Danny Trejo, and I forgot yeah. to mention that. Um, but also, I think this is your I think is kind of weird, but I think Guillermo del Toro could do it. He was on an episode of uh, "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" where he played like a weird guy. I have to see that now. Yeah, and I think it, just based on that, I think he could do it. Really? Um, yeah, you'll and, have to show me that because I do not see that. And do you think they could make a sequel? Um, they could, I guess, maybe, like, seeing that they get rich someday. <laughs> Will they have a suit? Probably. Huh? Will they still have a suit? <laughs> That's my opinion. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. <laughs>